This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, we're a week out from Zion's Bank Stadium in the PLL Championship Series, so Kyle Hartzell of the Atlas will stop by. Solo, the new GM of the Colorado Mammoth, Brad Self. We'll talk some news, we'll talk some trades, and we'll get you on your way. All that and more on OTCB. What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and SoundCloud, and of course, the NLL Radio Network as well. My name is Teddy Jenner. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. You can email me. That's where you can email me. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar or check out the Instagram page OTCB Podcast, where we post clips and videos of our guests. And this week we have two great ones. The newest general manager, recently named this week, of the Colorado Mammoth, Brad Self, will stop by, as will Kyle Hartzell of the PLL Atlas, as he and his teammates get ready for the PLL Championship Series. At Zion's Bank Stadium in Utah. Kyle is already in Utah. He's actually moved to Utah full time. He's been out there for a while now. So he's already getting acclimated to the elevation. He's already been doing his workouts. He's already getting himself ready for what will be an incredible two weeks of lacrosse in Utah. So we'll talk to Hearts about that. We'll talk to Selfer about some of the moves that the Colorado Mammoth made last week. As you remember, they traded Captain Dan Coates in a first rounder for Zed Williams in a second rounder, so we'll ask him about that. And we'll ask him about some other things in his life, and I'm going to get him to tell uh, a pretty fun story about playing hockey in Europe. Because those that may not know, uh, before Brad Self was a star in the National Lacrosse League and a transition player of the year and winning championships with Rochester... He was a pretty damn good hockey player, too, and spent some time uh, playing overseas or in Europe, and so he's got some stories to tell. So we'll get him to elaborate on just the zaniness of some of the fans at European hockey games. But before we get to both of our guests this week, we got some news and notes to go through. Um, As mentioned, the PLL Championship Series is coming up. Uh, There is a championship series challenge, a bracket challenge. If you want to hop on and go against the best of the best, uh, go check out Lacrosse Flash and join our bracket challenge. I believe we're going to be giving away a custom dyed head for the winner. And it's pretty simple. You just go to the bracket challenge, you pick the winners of every game, and it'll tabulate who you have as the top-ranked teams, and you'll pick the... Playoff winners, the semifinals, and the finals, and all the way up to winners. So you pick it all before all the games happen, and we'll eventually decide a winner and donate a nice custom head to your collection. Also, there is Fantasy PLL Lacrosse, so make sure you can go and check out the Flogo Fantasy Challenge. And if you didn't hear, just announced today... DraftKings is going to be the official lacrosse bet sponsor 
of the Premier Lacrosse League. This is another massive step in the sports business world and lacrosse. We all know that sports betting has been a long time coming to the lacrosse world, especially really complete tabulated stats, game notes, and things like that. With DraftKings hopping on board, it's only going to take the lacrosse world to the next level of sports gambling. So check out the Lacrosse Flash Twitter page. Uh, They've got all the information there, and you can also check out the Premier Lacrosse Twitter page. They will have all the details there. But again, go to Lacrosse Flash page, check out the tweet that will link you directly to the Lacrosse Flash bracket. Join us and see how you do against all of us so-called hashtag experts. Now, the Nash Lacrosse League has seen some moves and shakes in the last week. Nothing as dramatic as we saw two weeks ago, but just coming out right now, 2.35 on a Thursday, the Halifax Thunderbirds have acquired the Brockett ship. David Brock from the Toronto Rock in exchange for a second round draft pick in 2022. That will be added to these players who have all signed one-year deals, um, who have been given qualifying offers, etc. Let's go down uh, the past couple of days. The Georgia Swarm signed Joel White to a one-year deal. That is a huge pickup for the Georgia Swarm to re-sign him and have him in that roster for at least another year. Uh, The Swarm offered the franchise tag to Jordan Hall, but he has rejected that tag. Now, people might see this and think, oh my gosh, Jordan Hall is probably going to leave. I wouldn't be so sure. This will probably be very similar to what Mike Poulin did last year for the club. Reject the franchise tag, sign a team-friendly, cat-friendly deal so that John Arlotta can go out and sign some other players to more money, maybe it'd be a free agent or just giving a second, third, fourth year player a little bit more money that's deserved. Jordan Hall doesn't truly need the NLL money, or at least the excessiveness of the franchise tag. So he does a team-friendly signing, takes a little less money than he probably could get, but doing it for the betterment of the club. So when you see that it says Jordan Hall rejects the franchise tag, don't be so shocked when he re-signs in Georgia. Uh, Not only did the Thunderbirds acquire David Brock. They've re-signed James Barkley to a one-year agreement. Uh, The Black Wolves signed Joe Nardella to a three-year deal and Anthony Malcolm to a one-year deal. The Riptide trade Mike Manley to Rochester in exchange for a sixth-round selection in 2020 and their fifth and sixth-round picks in 2021. And the Nighthawks signed Jay Thornbear, the all-time great face-off man. I believe he is the NLL's all-time leading face-off winner, Uh, so he gets a one-year deal. Uh, a couple days ago, the Mammoth provided qualifying offers to Chris Wardle, Eli McLaughlin, and Robert Hope, who I would imagine will be the next captain of the Mammoth with the departure of Dan Coates. The Black Wolves signed Joey Rez to a two-year deal. Andrew Q, Riley, Andrew Q, Riley O'Connor, Joel Tinney, Brett Manny to one-year deals, and Ty Logan to a three-year deal as they sign a bulk of their players. The Wings re-signed Blaze Reardon and Isaiah Davis-Allen to two-year deals. Curtis Knight gets a qualifying off from the Nighthawks. Hogar signs a two-year deal with the Nighthawks. And Eli Gobrek and Zach Greer all sign one-year deals. 
And then a couple days before that, these will be the last ones I read, so you can check all these out um, on the NLL transaction page. Roughnecks qualified Tyson Bell. The Swarm qualified Randy Stotts and Chad Tutton. They also signed Matt Dunn to a one-year deal, Zach Miller to a two-year deal. I really like the resurgence of Zach Miller after he blew his knee in his first-ever National Cross League game with San Diego two years ago. He got back with the Georgia Swarm late in the season, and now they've got him locked up for two-year deals. Uh, Higgy Bear, the tender, Zach Higgins gets a three-year deal in Philadelphia. That's huge that they lock him up for the long term. The Seals qualified Noble and Shiliano, while Dan Dawson, the dangerous one, signs a one-year deal to stick around with the Toronto Rock. So that is kind of getting you up to date on all things National Lacrosse League. Um, if you rem- remember when we were talking with Jessica Berman last week, she mentioned that we could be hearing about Team 14 very soon. I think by this time when we talk next week, if we talk next week, because next week's my birthday, um, we might have that team. So stay close to your emails and your Twitters and your Instagrams and your socials. Team 14 could be on its way. Now, flip a coin. Brad Self wins. We're going to start with Colorado, Colorado's newest general manager, Brad Self. He spent years playing in the National Cross League with Chicago, Rochester. He's now been in Colorado. And now, after retiring from Colorado, he took the job as community development, working on kids' programs and camps, and school programs. He stepped up to assistant general manager last year, and now he has been given the keys to the castle. We'll ask him about that. What changes? What doesn't? What moves do they need to make? And what is the number one priority for his club? He's Brad Self, general manager of the Colorado Mammoth, right here on Off the Crossbar. Joined now by the general manager of the Colorado Mammoth, Brad Self. Self, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Teddy. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Is this your first big interview as general manager or have the other Denver stations been hounding you for information? Yeah, not just nonstop. nonstop just but, nonstop. Uh, I've, I've held out uh, held out for this one, Teddy. Ah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the exclusivity yeah. of this. Um, yeah. This is a, a big step for you. You get the keys to the team your first time uh, as a general manager of a club. Is there a lot of pressure on you right now? Uh, no, I mean, I don't... I, I, I mean, it's exciting, right? It's an opportunity, and um, you know, it, collectively as a group, right, with the coaching staff, um, I feel like we have a, a great relationship, um, and and obviously we have some decisions we have to make, and um, doesn't necessarily change anything. It just obviously that as a group, um, you know, it's very similar. To, it's the same as last year, right? So yes, our, mm-hmm. our, our titles maybe changed a little bit, but that being said, uh, you know, it's our job to, to continue to try to make our team better. And we're going to do that collectively as a group. Was, was this kind of a plan in the long run to, to give you the keys or what was Pat being GM and coach kind of a long-term plan that needed to be uh, manipulated? Yeah, I mean, we we had had discussions, uh, obviously, you know, shortly after retiring, right? Pat and I, and then uh, with Matt Hutchings and the executive team. So it was something that we uh, talked about. And as we all know, right, the nature of our league, it, um, 
uh, in some spots, it's 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 okay, and and the way teams are op- operate, right? To to have somebody as a GM that um, doesn't necessarily live in market, and mm-hmm. um, you know, for for sure here with Colorado and the executive, they they'd prefer to have somebody, um, you know, to be able to live in market and and do the other things on top of, uh, uh, I guess, be in office and just uh, be aware of everything else going on. It's on the business side of things, so mm-hmm. uh, I think it just made the most sense, and and uh, for both, you know, obviously Pat's very busy with his other job, and um, you know, this is what I do full time, so it was just a, I guess, a perfect fit for everybody. And and that being said, right, it, Patty and I are, along with the coaches, are going to continue to work together as a team. How is Denver these days? Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're living in an inter- interesting time. I'm I'm uh, I live in Castle Rocks, so with 30 minutes south. Um, um, but yeah, it's just, um, uh, you know, constantly changing, just like kind of, you know, it's hard to even keep up with it, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. even though we live here, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like everyone else, it's kind of the unknown and, and just hope for the best that, uh, you know, eventually that, you know, with the world, uh, we end up in a better place, uh, after all this hopefully goes away and we can find a cure to it all. But yeah, it, it's, um, I guess a scary, uncertain time, uh, for everyone right now. I know we're not traveling back and forth on the weekends to the arena, but do you still get to hang out with Shuey and go for car rides just to make it feel like a little bit of normalcy? You know what? I hadn't seen Shuey in a while. He's obviously busy, right, and had a yeah. third uh, baby, which is awesome, exciting for those guys. But we uh, we didn't make plans on it, but I actually saw him at the pool the other day. So uh, wow. now that you mention it, i got a golf game planned for early <laughs> with him. So i got to let him know that I'm still in as of right now. <laughs> Um, obviously, the news from the Mammoth, uh, other than this, uh, of you being appointed the general manager, was the Dan Coach for Zed Williams trade. Obviously, that caught a lot of people off guard when you trade your captain. I know I was a little um, kind of dumbfounded by it at first, but obviously, when you look at the long-term plans of the club, it was a, a move that needed to be made. But from your point of view, how did Dan Coates become the piece of the puzzle to land you Zed Williams? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Man, Dan Coates is like, like the the exactly what you want in a professional, right? Like, you name it, he does it and does it well, and he treats it like it's like it it is his profession, right? And and it's everything you want in a player. So that it was not an easy decision, but you know, for the last few years, uh, you know, we we've struggled to score goals, and and we are getting better. So that's not a knock on the current players that we have because we feel like they made a step last year and we're going to make another step. Uh, but, but felt we needed to add another piece to that group. Um, and Zed has tremendous upside. He, he's been playing an amazing offense there and although hasn't got the minutes that maybe one would expect right from a top line guy, but he's played behind some great guys and will learn have probably, I'm assuming should have learned from those guys, right. And coaching mm-hmm. staff and, we look forward to obviously him taking a step with our team next year. Um, so it, it was, uh, yeah. And, and on top of that, there's, there's, you know, the business side of things, unfortunately is a part of our, the world we live in. And, and, you know, we can't just go out and sign everyone to max salaries. And cause if we could, everyone would try to do that. Right. So, um, you know, it's a bit of obviously juggling salary cap and we were in a position where we were trajecting to be far above the salary cap. And, and that's not, where we were, uh, you know, wanted to be or could be. So um, that's just part of the part of the nature of uh, professional sports, and it, it, it uh, obviously is a shock to some people sometimes with moves that are made. But 
that's just the reality of it. And they're, they're in the future, there'll be other ones and, and, and not just on our team, but uh, throughout the league and in other professional sports. So uh, I'm just in a position now that um, those are the decisions that I, I'm with the staff, have to make. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll never replace Dan Coates. That being said, we, we think we have some great leaders on our team. Um, and we'll also, expectations will go up for some other guys who are, are you know, gained another year of experience, and, and we'll talk to them, and, you know, on top of their game, asking for to elevate their game, we're going to ask them to elevate their, their leadership uh, in the dressing room and on the floor. You speak of leadership. Uh, you guys have extended qualifying offers to Eli McLaughlin, Chris Wardle, and Robert Hope, three of your biggest leaders. How important was it for you to, to qualify those guys and, and kind of, work towards the next group yeah i mean those huge part of our team right and they have been for a while and you know are in that you know 26 7 to 29 like 30 year old range right so you know i've all taken steps uh um obviously hopi's been uh and eli have been i guess uh you know from the time they came in right i've been i guess above average elite level um, and Chris Wardle's, you know, kind of grinded his way and stuck with it and, and had an awesome, like, breakout year, right? And, and, and that's huge for us, right? So we only expect bigger things from Chris, and he, and he stepped up last year also in a leadership role. So, you know, knowing that those three guys will be around, I still got to work to, to get them signed, but they're qualified, and uh, I guess that kind of protects us against other teams uh, taking a stab at them, which we know they would have. Yeah, absolutely. We're working towards free agency on August 1st, uh, franchise players by the end of the month. What's the number one priority for you as a general manager for this club? Yeah, making us better. Making yeah. us better. Obviously, we, we you know, got to get our guys signed. That's really important to us to, to re-sign guys whose contracts are up. So those aren't the only three, right? We want to get make sure our guys are, are all back and signed and, and then um, – you know, if there's a way, again, I, I've had a discussion with you before. Um, um, haven't played in the league a long time, and I'm not a big guy, so I know it's nice to have a balance. But uh, certainly, if we can, you know, make ourselves harder to play against, and that opportunity presents itself, whether it be on the offensive side of the floor or defensive side, we will we will certainly certainly entertain that. Free agency is always an interesting time, and just looking at the list I have of, of UFAs, there are some interesting names out there. Uh, are you looking to take some stabs at guys and, and see what you can find? Uh, as it stands right now, um, and again, I talked about it with the, the you know, the Kochi trade, um, you know, partially just just a decision, obviously, that had to be made as far as, like, you know, adding on the offensive side of things, but also there's the business side of things, right? So at this point where we currently sit really hard for us to go after big name free agents, um, mm. just, just with who those names I'm sure you're referring to. So there are some good ones out there. Um, you know, so that, you know, there's some people's names on our radar, but again, our number one focus is getting our guys signed mm-hmm. and then seeing where we're at, I guess, from a, from a salary cap standpoint to see if we can potentially add one of those guys. Um, but that's, uh, you know, I don't, at this point, we're not targeting any of those big name guys. When the season came to an end, you guys were really starting to find your stride. How frustrating was it to, to kind of have everything to come to a halt? And now you got to kind of reamp and revamp everything going into a new season. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard not to look at that and think, man, we, we, 
you know, we're kind of finding our game there and won three in a row um, and felt confident, obviously, with the addition to Digby, right? And I think, uh, you know, just as a group, you know, we're excited about that that addition, right, and what that would look like. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd done well in his first two games and the group had uh, obviously welcomed with open arms and we're excited about that. Yeah, and, it, it you know, it's frustrating, but everyone has gone through it, right? So mm-hmm. um, we would have loved to finish out the year to see, you know, kind of how we, we fared and uh, we thought we could challenge, right, always – feel like we can with a guy like Dylan and Ward and net and um yeah I mean uh, it's disappointing but there's obviously a level of excitement um uh, you know and now more so than ever obviously you know when you're away from it like that you know you don't take anything for granted so I think uh it won't be just us but uh everyone will be chomping at the bit to to get back to it and won't take a second for granted when we are back you talked about guys taking their game to another level. And Ryan Lee is a perfect example of that. How impressive was his jump from year two to year three? Yeah, I mean, crazy, right? Like, for a guy, what did he go in? I think he went in the third round um, the, the, that year of his draft, right? Played mm-hmm. very little and, and obviously had a really good second year. And then last year, um, yeah, he, he made uh, tremendous – strides and and was a was a factor in every single game he played right like uh with somebody teams had to start key on whereas before he was kind of um a complimentary guy right in his, his first and second year and um yeah i mean he 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 stepped up his game got into that category next level category as far as comparing players right and we're we still feel and we know he does too that he's got another level to go and we're really really excited about um you know having him on our team and what that looks like for the future give me your best euro hockey story my best euro hockey story um man i mean it, i i think like the initial um you know when you after a game uh, right and they call you out on, onto the ice and uh like i was new to me they had told me they were going to do it right so you go in the dressing room after a big win and then the crowd goes crazy and you have to go back out and then people are doing like 360 loops around the ice and sliding into the end boards or people are getting called out and you know you're crawling around the ice on your hands and knees I guess for them it was normal but you're literally I got guys by the ankles and they have me and we're crawling on the ice and the whole time oh, an I'm elephant like, one elephant walk I'm just like I'd never seen it right so I'm like what are we doing and why does this get them going but yeah, I mean, those were the biggest things. Some guys had some good ones and were entertainers, so they're doing the worm out on the ice with their equipment. So I would say that, for me, for the first time seeing it, was uh, pretty entertaining and eye-opening to, to think when you're doing it, being like, what am I doing? I've never done this before. So I know, like, in European soccer, they have chants for certain guys. They have that in hockey, too. Like, are, are those those fans are pretty damn dedicated. Yeah, they. I mean, they they first cheer. So what happens is they cheer for the team to come out after a win, and you know whatever the name of your team was. So we were SC Ristasi, right? So they're yelling for you to come out. You come out as a team, and then everyone leaves the ice again, and then you're sitting in the dressing room, and then they'll actually start calling your name, like hear who they want, right? So it's almost like you're in the WWE. I mean, they're that loud. So it's like you then walk down the hallway and out, and they just go bananas, and then they want you to do something. It's not like you just go out like we do here in the three stars and wave your hand. Like you got to come up with something. So they typically realize real quick and later into the year, who's, who's an entertainer and not. Right. Um, if it's a, if it's like between two guys of, 
like equal play that game, they're going to call it the guy who's the better entertainer. So. <laughs> uh, Sounds like the WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked free agency. Uh, you know, we've talked about qualifying offers and things leading up um, to August 1st. But in September, we're, we're going to have a draft, however it's going to look like. But you have to start to do your due diligence and talk to these kids. And usually, you know, at this time of year, you're flying around the country, either Canada or U.S., looking at guys playing box or playing field, trying to get a scout on these guys. That's changed. Now you're having to do phone calls and Skype interviews and Zoom chats. How has that changed your ability to properly prepare yourself for a draft? Yeah, it, it's interesting. My first years, right when I when I got the job last year, it was uh, just before I think it was I don't know when it was announced, the end of July, right? So it was like thrust into it. I had I'd been playing. I hadn't been scouting these guys. Um, you know, went up, was able to actually come go watch games at least in Ontario, but didn't get out to BC. Um, luckily enough, we have a great staff. We have obviously Patty's been coaching in BC uh, for a long, long time. Brider's been a big part of Alberta, and, and Willie's obviously been involved in Ontario lacrosse for a long time, right? So I'm really, really lucky that our staff uh, is spread out throughout uh, all of Canada, right, and been as, has been involved as they have been, right, in those leagues. So those guys, I lean on them, right? And then this year, uh, we're going through this um, and not able to watch these guys, right? And, and we know how much experience helps them. Some are going to make the jump to senior. Um, some are still junior age. Um, so, yeah, it, it's completely different. But, again, it's the same for everyone. So, um, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to get uh, some film on these guys from Minto Cups, um, like, past years the last few years um there's been some footage from you know coaches being able to send me some stuff right that we have so um and then like i said doing these uh you know zoom calls uh with them to get to know their personality because not only do we want good players but we want good people on our team that are committed to helping us win a championship so um i mean this year has been better for me as far as getting to know the people we could potentially draft but not ideal in a sense that we're not able to watch them. But again, it, it's the same for all of us. So we just got to do our homework and, and that's my job. And, and uh, again, I, you know, real confident with our guys and, and the information and everything that they know from all the years they've been coaching in their league. So you lost uh, the first rounder when you traded coach to Colorado, but you have three second rounders and you guys have often done quite well on that second, third, fourth round of finding guys. You mentioned Ryan Lee. How important is it to find the right guy with that first pick, which is 22nd overall? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously as we go into it, we always want to pick the, you know, best player available. Um, you know, we've we've really already got into it. We've been doing weekly calls since we've gone on uh, or been off, obviously due to COVID. And, and part of that was just prep work and determining if we're coming back, what that looks like, but also prepping for the draft. So, um, we we were confident in that trade because we feel like there's um, you know kids in that second round range that are going to play in our league. Um, and you know if you look at last year, you know Will and Jake, uh, Will got more time than Jake McNabb, but Brett Craig certainly uh, showed very well and became an, a regular. And and you know we feel like we could potentially add a couple guys like Brett Craig to our lineup uh, this year or next. Um, you know, we're excited about that. So um, we don't necessarily, we're not, we're not narrowing in on a certain position by any means. Again, it'll be pending, like getting all our guys signed, 
if there's any moves before we get there. And then some of it will come down to um, if there's two guys that we, you know, I guess consider as equals um, as far as players go, like depending on what we need, we may draft a kid that's you know, going back to school and won't be available till next year. Or if we have a specific need, um, you know, at the draft and again, comparing two guys that we consider equal and, and one's available this year, we'll take that kid. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a different year, especially with how the drafts kind of shaped up or whatever. But uh, we're excited the fact we actually got the compensatory pick for for Vid as well. So we have four picks uh, in the second right, round right, right. now. Yeah. That was going to be my next question of how you know you change your process because of the extra year given to those college kids, and you may be drafting a kid that doesn't come this year; he comes next year. Is it more important to get a guy this year, or is it more important to, like you said, pick the right guy, whether he's now or later? I think for us, because we have four seconds, right, it, it could be a combination of both. Like, uh, you know, we, we don't have a second rounder next year. Uh, again, like you said, we've been lucky. We've, you know, the staff before me uh, um, did a good job drafting, right, second, third rounders, even fourth beyond that, right? So it it, it uh, could be a situation where, again, if it's the best player and how we have them ranked, we're taking them no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if if they're equal, I guess, in our sense, Maybe we look at taking a couple guys who are available this year in the second and, and a couple guys that are going back to school that are going to be available next year. So, um, you know, we don't we don't have big rosters as far as active and practice rosters go. So uh, we, we like our team. We don't feel like we need to make a lot of changes. So, um, you know, if we added a couple guys to our lineup this year, um, young guys, and, and then had a couple guys come in next year, we think that that would be – beneficial but again it, you know as you know things change as we get closer to draft and and throughout the course of that period of time from now until then so uh this conversation could be different as we get a little closer to it if it helps i will take a pay cut um that way you can sign uh, some more guys so i'll do my thing for the team okay teddy i like that team guy i just recorded yeah. that yeah. yeah 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 i got yeah. that it's uh natural it's uh it's on the record um so yeah. appreciate it as always my man enjoy your golf game don't let Stewie cheat um, he's real prone to dropping balls when they're supposed to be out of bounds. He'll just find one magically. So be careful. I'm to say that doesn't surprise me, and you can tell <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, yeah. buddy. Appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations on the new gig, and I know we'll be talking a lot more soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Teddy. There he is, Brad Self, general manager of the Colorado Mammoth, and this is going to be a tough situation for many teams as the years go along and to deal with the salary cap luxury tax that is imposed in the National Lacrosse League. And you heard him. Unfortunately, in a business, you kind of have to make business decisions sometimes. And while they never really wanted to give up Dan Coates, they felt that that was the best way to keep them below the cap, still have room to offer some of that money to other players. And maybe go after the odd free agent, although it may not be some of those top-end free agents. They will definitely do some poking around, see what they can find. But they will definitely be using those second-round picks to their benefit. Because they have often found some gems during those middle rounds. And I think they will probably be able to do the same this year. And like he said, when it comes to their picks... In that second round, you probably in that second round, you're probably going to start drafting guys that can play right away. And if you can find some guys that are going to be able to play right away in that second round, it's going to be very beneficial because I think a lot of the first round guys will be 2022 guys. We kind of talked about that last week, but again, 
every GM and every team is going to play this draft a little differently. And I'm extremely excited for this draft whenever it happens sometime in September, I'm imagining. It's going to be very interesting to watch how teams orchestrate with their picks. Are picks going to become important? Are picks next year going to be more important than this year's picks? Nobody really knows. But I think for teams that are in need of help, finding guys that can step into your lineup right away is paramount. I also love the story. I wish I would have video of Brad Self doing the elephant walk in gear and skates out on the ice. That would have been phenomenal. But they just do things a little bit differently across the pond. And I'm all for it. I've always said, you know, each market has to have their own idiosyncrasies and their own things that make that market special. But fan engagement within games will always be awesome for me. Whether it's chanting, whether it's singing, whatever it may be, I'm all for it. The only thing I cannot get behind is the wave. Ban the wave, never bring it back, never let it happen again. I just am not a fan. To me, I've always felt that whenever fans started the wave, it was because they were bored. And then when they're bored, they're a bit of a disservice to the players who are out there giving their all because they look up or they see in the stands and people are doing the wave. So I just, I'm not a fan of the wave. I can do it. I know how to stand up and lift my arms and then sit back down. But I just don't want to see it in sporting events. Chants, beach balls, sing songs, all that stuff. Love it. No Mexican waves. Now, the PLL and the Premier Lacrosse League Championship Series at Zions Bank Stadium in Utah gets underway July 25th. Atlas, Water Dogs, Chrome, Archers, Redwoods, who did I forget? Whip Snakes, all going to Utah. It is going to be phenomenal. Kyle Hartzell has been on the field, U.S. field and international stage for almost a decade. And he continues to put in the work to make him one of the best at his craft. He started in junior college, made his way through D3, has won at every level he has been at except the PLL. It is on his radar to win this PLL championship series. And he hopes the Atlas, with the addition of new coaching staff, some new players, and a new jersey-ish, will be able to help them climb the mountaintop and knock off the other six clubs and become the second PLL champion ever. He now lives in Utah. He's got his dogs with him. He continues to work out with his shirts off, and he does not care what you think about it. He's Kyle Hartzell of the PLL Atlas, right here on Off the Crossbar. Joined now by Kyle Hartzell of PLL Atlas. Hartz, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, Teddy. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. You are in Utah. You are getting ready for the island in the championship series. There's not many islands in Utah, but there are some. Um, how is life in the land of the mountains and flats? 
Uh, it's been great. You know, I just moved from LA to here. Uh, selfishly, wasn't supposed to move until August, but wanted to get out here early just because obviously we announced that we're doing our quarantine tournament here in Utah, and uh, there is a little bit of elevation here, so I came out early to get acclimated. I'm about my watch says I'm about 6,500 feet. Uh, I got 500 more feet to go till Sunday, and then I'll be completely acclimated. So, uh, wow. I'm, uh, yeah, I selfishly came up here to get ready for that. Uh, how has the the altitude? difference been because you've played in Colorado before and in Denver but what's the difference between that kind of altitude and where you are in Utah I mean I think Park City is higher than Denver I'm not really sure on that but uh you know, every time we go to Denver and play you know that that altitude definitely takes a toll and you definitely notice a difference I don't think it really affects play that much but I think it's more maybe mental mentally you're thinking about it so I really won't be thinking about it because you know I've been here for two weeks so uh or more than that, I've been here for almost a month now. So, um, you know, it's been good getting acclimated to it, and uh, I'm not really going to have to worry about it. Are you going to be living full-time in Utah now, or are you just moving for the series? No, I'm going to be living here full-time. Moved here permanently about a month ago, so here full-time. You've, you've hopped around a bit. You've been in Texas. You've been in California, now in Utah. Are you just trying to chase the sun, or, or what's the deal? <laughs> nah, I'm just, uh, you know, just trying to find – where I want to be for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. Utah is a amazing spot, and I think uh, I'm going to be here for a long time. So, um, you know, I've kind of been bouncing around a little bit. I was in Texas for six years. I actually lived in uh, Seattle for a little bit when I was playing with the Stealth and yeah. lived in San Jose playing with the Stealth uh, out on the West Coast. And um, No, but I like Utah. I'm a big uh, outdoors guy, hunter, so this has everything for me and um, good quality of life out here, so I really enjoy it. How have the dogs taken to Utah life? Oh, they love us. They, they couldn't be more happy. This is probably the happiest I've seen them uh, in a long time. So we're about to go on a hike here in about uh, about two hours from our workout today. And, you know, they love their hike. So good. We'll, we'll get to the workout part of your life because that's caused a lot of stir around the social media world uh, in a little bit. But this PLL Island and Championship Series is going to be something special. How excited are you to, to get back to playing and seeing all the boys? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, 2020 has been a rough year for everybody and uh, a lot of seasons have been canceled and you know, I'm just lucky to get, I think we have, you know, you make it all the way, you'll play seven games. So um, I'll take it um, at this point, you know, you know, every, every, everywhere in the country is pretty much everybody's lost their seasons. They're starting to cancel fall ball now and who knows the future is uncertain. So I'm, I'm really excited to kind of get to our little bubble and um, I'm literally going to block everything out that's been going on and just, you know, get back to playing lacrosse. And I think, uh, you know, us being on NBC and, the, and we have the Olympic windows and then there's also gambling intertwined with people that are, you know, into that. I think people are really going to look forward to, you know, sitting back, watching lacrosse. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, a lot of people have, you know, kids have lost their youth seasons. Um, college players have lost their, you know, season last year. So I think a lot of people are going to look forward are going to be looking forward to watching us play because I think this is going to be the best lacrosse you're going to ever see. Yeah, I'm excited as well because, we, you know, we have nothing up here north of the border right now. So we are jonesing for some lacrosse. How have you really um, adapted to PLL life? Because you've been NLL, you've been MLL, you've done the college. Now you've been part of the group that, that's made the jump to the PLL in that first season. How important and special has it been to see where this group has gone in just the span of one year? Um, it's been it's been great. You know, the success we've had in year one was insane. I mean, you saw the the, the sellout venues we had, and um, you know, seeing all the oh my god, and seeing all that, and uh, you know, Albany we had a sold out venue, Hopkins had a sold out venue, and then the championship, you know, that that was a close to sold out uh, venue as well. And um, 
you know, it's, it's great to see that, uh, you know, year one of any start startup league um, is great to see. And, um, you know, we're, we're just looking forward to year two here with what we got. Like we have two weeks, but I think you're going to see the content that's pushed out and the TV windows we have. I think you're going to see some exciting stuff. So this Atlas squad, you know, has a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth after how the season ended last year. How fired up are you boys to, to have another chance at winning this title? Uh, we're looking forward to getting back. Obviously, last year we uh, had a slow start, and then we turned it on uh, midway through the season, got the wins we needed to get to give our chance for a playoff spot. And then I think the Redwoods had to win by, like, 10 gold or something crazy. There was no 10-goal wins the entire season, and uh, the, the Whipsnakes picked the wrong – the wrong. Uh, not that you want to depend on anyone, but we didn't think that was ever going to happen. And, and yeah. didn't, you know, kind of left the sour taste in our mouth, but we know – we got guys like uh, we we added Rob Pinnell to the roster. Obviously, he's a, a front runner for MVP this year. I think he's he's going to play Pete off because uh, he was in the MLL last year and thought I think he thinks people forgot about him. So uh, you're going to see him recharge and uh, ready to roll. Uh, we got Romar Dennis as well up top. Um, I think he's probably one of the best on the run shooters. Uh, you know, he had a little bit of a slump last year, but man, with his hands free, the guy can rip the shit out of the ball. So. Um, you know, we got a lot of good pieces we've added. And, um, you know, with the coaching staff, Ben Rubier, um, he's going to be unbelievable for us. Rick Beardley, he'll be unbelievable for us in the back end. So we've kind of made additions all over the, you know, obviously on the bench with our coaches and then also on the field. So uh, we're, we're already talking about, you know, our, our first game, the Water Dogs, getting ready for them. Um, everybody's sleeping on the Water Dogs. I don't know why, but I think they're a really talented team. You know, getting, getting some Canadians, Jake Withers, uh, Zach Curry, I think, uh, Brody Merrill with a short stick. So, um, they're they're going to be talented, and uh, we're just getting ready for them. So, how scary is Brody going to be with a short stick in his hand? What's yeah, Brody. Uh, hopefully, I don't think Brody's going to be playing with a short stick. Zach Curry will be playing with a short stick. Yeah, true but, uh, enough. Brody will keep Brody will keep the long stick in his hand. But no, Brody. <laughs> I mean, he's shit. I don't know how old he is, but he's you know, he's a guy I look up to, and I played with the Seals and on the wings, and um, you know, I'm chasing him. Right, I'm going to play as long as he's playing, and he he motivates me to play. As long as he is, he's still playing at the top of his game. You saw that last year. I mean, I don't know why the chaos didn't protect him, but, you know, just having him in the locker room is just, you know, mm-hmm. is a bonus. He's such a great leader, and he brings so much to the table from a leadership standpoint. And then his on-field play uh, speaks for itself. So uh, they're going to be a scary team, man. I think they're going to be really good. Everybody's saying, oh, they're an expansion team. They're this, this, and that. And I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Uh, how have you liked the, the rollout of, of the new uniforms that, that the league has done and, and adding little taglines for each team and stuff like that? I think it's been a really well-executed rollout. Yeah, it's been a great rollout. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Adidas has done a great job with the design and um, our design team. I'm sure they had a lot to say with all that stuff. And uh, you look at the Water Dogs, right? I'm a big Ravens fan, man. So the, the yeah. purple I love. Uh, they got the, the chrome helmets and – um, and they're, they're going to, I think they're going to look pretty sharp on the field. So um, I'm excited for that. And, um, I think our jerseys, you know, the chaos jerseys got released kind of like a half and half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, the jerseys look awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited to see mine. You mentioned the Ravens. Uh, they had a pretty good year last year with Lamar winning MVP. How excited are you to see them get back to playing some football? I can't wait. Lamar's got, uh, you know, I think um, Mahomes signed that contract. I think Lamar's looking his chops a little bit to have a very impressive year, too. I mean, I think he's, you know, you've never seen anything like him since Michael Vick. So, uh, yeah. he brings a lot to the table. We're excited to have him. And I just love his story, man. Guys, you know, write him off saying he's going to be a wide receiver. 
And then, you know, him just, you know, keeping his head down, working hard, and he gets his opportunity, and look what he did last year. So I'm excited for him and the Ravens, and um, it's going to suck. They just announced that they're only going to have 14,000 fans at the venue. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that'll be interesting to see for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Hard work, dedication are, are two things you live by, and anyone that follows you on social media knows that you are an absolute machine when it comes to working out. Where did that drive come from? Um, I think, you know, early on, I, you know, I have a buddy, um, and his name, uh, his name's Danny, a special forces guy. And, uh, I kind of got my work ethic for him when I met him at Essex community college. And then when I got to Salisbury, Jim Berkman kind of, you know, instilled that work ethic in me and kind of, you know, he always, always used to say, I'll work the guy next to you. And I kind of live by that and always been playing with a chip on my shoulder, right? Not a lot of D3 guys play professional or indoor and, um, you know, I followed kind of saw a guy like uh, Eric Martin doing it, and you know who Eric is, and uh, oh, yeah. what he brought to the table when he was on the field, and um, he's a guy I followed in his footsteps, and just wanted to be another D three guy. Hopefully, you know, motivate others and show them that you don't need to play Division one to play at the top of your to play at the, the highest level. So uh, I always put that chip on my shoulder, and um, yeah, it's just uh, that work ethic came from Jim Berkman, and I'm still you know 34 years old, still plugging away, so. Why do you think people hate on, on guys who post workouts so much? Why do I think? Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think they're um, a little, it's probably a little insecure. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a uh, waste of my time talking about it. But I think just, uh, they hate we, probably hate what you have. And yeah. anybody that chirps, chirps me, I'll chirp back sometimes. But sometimes, I, most of the time, I just ignore it because that's what they want you to do, respond and um, you know, I just keep my head down, work hard. The guys that probably say that aren't doing that. And, you know, that, that, that's it. Maybe they should post them drinking and eating Doritos on the couch and we can chirp <laughs> them. But uh, yeah. Yeah, at, the end of, at the end of the day, keep my head down, work hard. And the reason I post all that stuff, I see how many kids I don't show, you know, kids DMing me, but I get a lot mm-hmm. of kids DMing me and saying, you know, it helps them out in a hard time of their life. I motivate them some ways when I post those. So that's why I post. Uh, yeah. Hopefully a little kid can see that workout. It might motivate him to, change his life or you know make him play at the next level so um that that's that's kind of what i'm doing it for absolutely my 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 nephew is going into grade nine and he's one of your biggest fans and he watches all your videos and he's out working out in the field and shooting shooting all the time and and he's a huge fan of yours so i appreciate that that you still post those because he's not going to get those videos from me that's for sure Good. Well, hopefully he can be. Uh, hopefully he can be better than me when he gets my age. So that's that's the plan. That's the plan. But you went like you went you went, yeah. you went you went community college D three, and then you got some tryouts in the pros, and you played MLL. You played NLL. Now you're one of the premier lacrosse players in the entire world. How, you know, when you look back on you look back in your career, how special is it to see how far you've come? Um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to see it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still obviously trying to get better every day and do stuff other people haven't done. And, you know, one of those goals was making a USA roster and winning a gold medal. That one took uh, eight years to win a gold medal because the Canadians beat us uh, in Denver. That was an unbelievable Canadian team. Uh, they outplayed us and, you know, uh, we're out coached too, I think a little bit, but, you know, they, they credit to them for winning that. That kind of left a bad taste in my mouth to get back to, you know, come full circle 2000 with that 2018 and um that was an insane game you saw that on tv um yeah. couldn't believe we won in that fashion and uh it sucks to lose like that but you know i'm glad to get that off the belt but yeah just um you know the next thing for me is uh you know i have a championship pretty much at every level except for world indoor championships i don't know if the americans are going to win that anytime soon canadians kind of have that under wraps i think for a very long time uh but the uh 
Paul, Mike started his league, so now I got to win a championship at the PLL, and I'll be done. So um, that's pretty much pretty much my last goal. Um, I'm going to try out for one more USA team. Uh, when COVID hit, they pushed that back another year. So that's going to make me 37. So uh, we just have to stay in shape and stay injury. No, no major injuries, and I think I'll be fine. You and Paul Rabel have come a long way since those early days with the stealth. And U.S. Boston put out a tweet saying, you know, we're, we're looking for scouts. We need scouts. We need to find more American kids. As a guy that's been through, what would you say to the young Americans that would like to try the indoor game? Um, I think just, you know, work hard, do your studies. If you have, you know, I think, you know, Matt Brown and the Tyranny is doing a great job out in Denver. Uh, you know, if you're out west and you can get on one of those teams or try for one of those teams, I mean, those guys know what they're doing. And I think they put a lot of kids in the box. Uh, you're starting to see college teams now um, starting doing their fall ball program. And, um, you know, I think just watch film. It's an exciting game. I think, you know, if I wouldn't have played box, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I mean, that improved my game tenfold, I think, um, to, to field. Because, you know, playing the confines of the box, it makes you communicate more. You got to shuffle your feet. You play with a short stick. Um, so it makes me a better one-on-one defenseman, I think, in the outdoor game. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's an, it's an insane game, man. It's very exciting, uh, very good in, in action. And, um, if you're a kid, you're crazy if you don't want to play that because it's, uh, it's a good break for kids, too. They play field so much. And in the winter, maybe they play box for these box teams. You're starting to see club teams get. It gives you a little bit of a break, and um, it clears your head a little bit because uh, I think you play field year-round. You're going to get tired of it, and you're going to get complacent. So it's, uh, it's good, great. You are getting ready for, for the bubble life. Um, do we know what kind of food? Are they going to be giving you, like, fire Festival food, or is it going to be uh, you guys can set up there? <laughs> Uh, better be better be filet mignon and lobster. I think <laughs> they're going to serve us. No, nah, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I mean, yeah. I, I you know I see it's kind of sad seeing like, you know, these NBA guys complaining about that on Twitter and stuff. And you got people, you know, making scrap and trying to make ends meet. Who knows what their situation is? I, I'm not going to complain about it. Whatever's put mm-hmm. in front of me, I'll eat it. I mean, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be happy with whatever it is. I'm there to play lacrosse, and as long as I get a meal on me, some calories, I'll be fine. Well, my friend, we are all looking forward to it. The 25th of July is when it all starts on the islands of Utah at Zion's Bank Stadium. Appreciate the time, my friend. Stay healthy, stay safe, and have an absolute blast, my dude. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Teddy. There he is, Kyle Hartzell of PLL Atlas. Spent some time in the National Lacrosse League with the Stealth Organization. Won a championship with them in 2010. And ended up couple years in Philadelphia before he moved down to Dallas and just was too busy with everything else that he was doing that he stepped away from the National Crossing. And then once he moved to California, the Seals picked him up for a year, but he's just too busy with everything else that he is doing that he's just got to commit to the PLL and running his camps and doing kid programs. And currently he's doing a lot of online video stuff just to continue to be involved in molding the next generation of long poles. And like I said, my nephew Hudson is a huge Hartzell fan. He's been following his stuff for the last couple of years and seeing the confidence that Hudson has in himself and in his game has really a lot been a part to watching what Kyle does and following his videos and doing some of the drills that he does. So Get over the shirt off and post some workout things. These guys are just doing what they do. Who cares if their shirt's on or not? Who cares if they post a workout video or not? They're doing what they can for not only themselves, but for others. 
And I am all for those guys chucking around iron, throwing medicine balls in the sand and chasing after them and getting it done because they're providing an outlet for themselves and for the next generation of the people and kids that are going to be playing our game. So I want to thank Kyle for giving us some time and hopping on. I really think this PLL Championship Series is going to be huge for the sport of lacrosse. I think it's going to be an eye-opening one for a lot of people around North America. I think it's going to cause a lot of social media talk from those who aren't generally lacrosse people. And the fact of it being on NBC during their Olympic time frame is only going to allow more eyes to be on our sport. Our sport's also getting buoyed by the fact that the MLL will have much of their games on ESPN. And for fans in Canada, some of the games will be on TSN as well. So while we may not have Man Cup, Minto Cup, Founders, Presidents, um, any sort of Canadian summer lacrosse, we will still be able to watch lacrosse. And get yourself a NBC Gold Sports subscription so you can watch the PLL games online and make sure you're near your computer um, for the MLL games or even near your TV for the MLL games that will be online. So we don't have box, but field lacrosse is right there. And like Kyle said, these are still some of the best of the best players in the world. Why wouldn't you want to watch them? One more NLO move that just came across the wire. Dan Lintner re-signing with the Buffalo Bandits. So they get the little scrappy right-hander in orange and black for a couple more years. So congrats to Lintz on that one. By this time next week, we will be getting that much closer to free agency and when franchise players have to be delegated. So transaction wires will be getting hot over the next few days. So make sure you go to NLL.com, check out the transaction page. Follow all of the transactions. Thanks to all of us folk over at the Lacrosse Flash. Sign up for the Lacrosse Flash Bracket. Sign up for the Flash Fantasy. And check out lacrosseflash.com and get yourself some Flash merch because it is going hot. There are tank tops. There are hats. Keep yourself cool in the summer. But at the same time, look as sharp as you can. Thanks to Brad Self. Thanks to Kyle Hartzell, and as always, thanks to you, our loyal listener, for sticking by us for another episode of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, NLL Radio, Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music. Email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar, or hit up Instagram, OTCB Podcast. Until next week, stay safe and be excellent to each other.
hearts and souls Woman, don't try to love me, don't try